Oh, I had the weirdest dream, man. Yeah? Yeah. This dishwasher went off and it made this weird sound. Uh-huh. And then... Was uh, it in the key of C? Probably. I, I don't even remember, but there was an orange juice glass and... I don't know, and and Pat Sajak, I think, gave me pink eye. No, it was Scott Bayo. I think it was Scott Bayo. Oh. Yeah. Charles in charge. Did you, did you try to buy a vowel? Um, I tried to buy a vowel. Oh. Yeah. You know, this is the second podcast in a row where we mentioned key signatures and vowels. Oh. Well, we're <laughs> off to a great start, man. Have we lost our entire audience? We'll wait till the last guy leaves. All right, that's fine. Frank, get out of here. we got to lose our audience. <laughs> hey, this is How You Play the Game, the official podcast of the OSA Foundation Incorporated. Yours truly, Jack, for along with you as we talk to you about what's going on as far as the world of sportsmanship is concerned. This is the second episode of the month of April. The year is 2019. Inhale. So glad you can be with us. Across the way is our producer engineer, Mr. Sean Ryan. Hello, Sean. Hey, Jack. What's cooking? Uh, I got... A present. Well, not a present, but yeah, I guess a present. I got a... Whoa! Yeah. Where did you get that? We're going to get. We're gonna let our viewers, our, our viewers, our listeners guess based on the description. Okay. Well, it's about six feet tall. Okay. It's, uh, it's made of wood. It's got holes in it, and it's got... Well, this will give it away. It's got four strings... And it's got pegs, and you 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 put a you use a bow on it. Okay, you just described something incredibly inappropriate, and I'm going to thank you for never bringing this up on the podcast again. You unprofessional, horrible man. So I got a string bass. Oh, I was way off. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I have a string bass student, and oh, that's um, great. Uh, it is so much fun. It's hard. It's hard to play. Oh, yeah. It's really yeah. difficult, but it, it is a lot of fun. And uh, so you ended. Up, did you end up buying it? Uh, the, it the school where the I, school has it. Yeah, okay. it's the schools. Great. But um, yeah, I've been practicing on it. It's a lot of fun. Um, yeah. So there's that. I just had my music festival over the weekend. And how did that go? I'm still recovering. I can imagine. That's a that's like a nonstop thing, I imagine, right? Yeah. yeah. Friday evening till Sunday afternoon. Like it was yeah, it was it was rewarding though. It You're was, making me tired just thinking about it, and that has yeah. nothing to do with the fact that I just woke up. Good morning. Thank you. Um so yeah, I had lots of students in it. They all they all did really well. Um you got a lot of students in your string base? In my string bass? Yeah, in my string bass, I could fit about five or six kids. Okay. That's an easy way to transport them. It is. You know, especially on, you know, the plane. Right. You know, you know never mind how they're going to get out. No. Uh, well, you got to kind of have to build them into the bass in the workshop. This is some rescue. Do you have a plan for getting out? He's the brain, sweetheart. Into the garbage. Chute, yeah. <laughs> That's from Star Wars. Yes, it is. Uh, Episode four. The best one, in my opinion. I agree. I agree. Someone asked me that, and I and I and I was like, I, I can't answer anything else other than that. I yeah. don't care how boring of an answer that is. Yeah, it was groundbreaking. Yeah. So, but uh, so yeah, that was that was fun. Um, been really super busy. A lot of stuff going on, but it's it's good to kind of be back here and be doing this. Yeah. And, so. 
Hey, I just thought of something. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Before we get to the topic that we did in pre-production, uh, you want to do a really quick, small DQ review? Why not? Okay. Yeah. Let's oh, actually, before we do that, okay. let's, do, let's let's do all the promo stuff that we have to do. Oh, you know, yes. just so that people you know hear the same jargon episode after episode. Right. Make sure that you get in touch with the show. Okay, the website is osipfoundation.org. There's a spot there for you to listen to the episodes and also click to submit your stories of sportsmanship, whether good or bad, and we'd love to have you on the show to talk about it. So if you want to be heard by listeners worldwide, get in touch that way. You can also keep the comments going and keep the conversation going via social media. Um, you can email the show at podcast at osipfoundation.org. Uh, social media is facebook.com slash osafoundation. Twitter is at osafoundation. Hashtag how you play the game. Instagram will soon be at osafoundation. Am I forgetting anything? Website, email, Facebook, Facebook Twitter, Twitter, Instagram. Instagram. I think that's everything. Give us, a lot, give us five stars. Five stars, reviews. We appreciate them. Yep. Preferably if they're good ones. But that's well, yeah. Fun. We already listen. We as as we as, get bad reviews as human beings yeah, in the it has first nothing place. To do with the podcast, <laughs> so. Okay? so we so you can save your bad reviews online. Okay? Yeah. Um, all right. So now that we got that out of the way, a little uh-huh. DQ review. Okay. Um. So I'm doing a I'm doing a uh, varsity baseball game. Oh, this is a personal. This is a personal DQ. One. Okay. Yes. It's not an official DQ, mm-hmm. so that's why I don't feel terrible talking about it. But I'm doing a varsity baseball game. It happens to be at a private school. Uh, two private schools are playing each other. And go onto the field, and I've got the bases. And the, the home team, their dugouts on the first base side. And they've got about 15 to 20 students who are not part of the team lined up along the fence just by the dugout on the first base side. I'd say most, if not all, were male, probably around the ages of 16 or 17. And as the game starts, they begin to chirp at various people. Like like birds? No, like like the, the chirping like the um, the sports term of uh, complaining oh. and and harassing is not the greatest synonym, but they're 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 saying slightly derogatory things that are starting to get annoying. Okay, and they're not doing it towards their own team, so they're doing it towards the visiting team. They're doing it towards the officials. They're th- that kind of stuff more so the visiting team than anything else. Because the game had just started, so there was really nothing to complain about with the officials. Right. You know, you can't really you know question a call if I haven't even made a call yet. Yeah. So anyway, they're getting they're getting a little like I was kind of like that's weird. All right. So the top of the first ends, and I decide to break one of our cardinal rules, and that is that we do not approach and confront spectators. But I'm thinking to myself, okay, these are all students. These are all kids. Did they all go to that school? They all went to this, the home school. Okay. I probably have a decent shot at nipping this in the bud. If I just gently say something to them as a group, 
in between innings as opposed to confronting somebody and really making a big deal about this. So I go over to them and I say, hey, guys, how you doing? Uh, and I say, okay, listen, I'm going to tell you guys once. We cheer for our team, not against the other team. Is that understood? If I have to come over here again, I will have all of you removed. Cool? Cool. Have a great day. And I walk away. We go into the bottom of the first. Sure enough, after about a batter or two, they start again. So now I'm like, now I'm rabbit ears. Like the first thing that's remotely close, I'm like, okay, I got to remove them. So they're they're basically crossing a line as the inning goes on. And I'm thinking, all right, I'm not going to... They haven't done anything so egregious that I have to stop the game to have them removed right now. I'm going to wait till the, till the half inning is over and then do it in between the inning. Um, but they're, they're going to go. So, I, so, so the inning ends. I immediately start scanning for the athletic director or the site director. <clears throat> I run over to the head coach of the home team who's in the third base coach's box. And I, and I just say to him, hey, is that, the, is that the AD over there in the golf cart? And he goes, no, that's the trainer. So I go, oh, okay. So as, I'm, as I leave him to go talk to the trainer to say, do you have a way of getting in touch with the AD? The visiting fans who are on the third base side say to me, hey, Blue, what they're doing on the other side is not cool. And I recognized one of the guys who, who was talking to me. Like, I'd seen him around games of, of this particular team. So I, so I say, hey, how you doing? Good to see you. I said, all I can say is you read my mind. Hang tight. He looks at me and goes, oh, okay. So I run and talk to my partner. And the visiting coach is talking to my partner about the exact same thing. And I say to them, I say to them hang tight. I'm... Ten steps ahead of you. Just just wait and we'll take care of us. So I go over to the, the golf cart where the trainer is and I just say, hey, uh, when you guys know where the AD is or assistant AD or anything like that? And guy goes, oh, he's, uh, he's right over there on the field next, next door. I say, could you call him and have him come over here, please? So he comes over. And now the game, like the in-between inning break has kind of expired and people are wondering why the game hasn't kept going. So he comes over. And he says, and he says to me, what's up? And I said, okay, you see the line of fans that are along the first base side here? They all have to be removed. He goes, are they chirping? You want me to have them stop? I said, no, no, no. They're chirping. They got to go. There's not, there's no more. I've already warned them that there's no leeway. All of them are gone. I don't care. They all have to go. It was okay. And so he removes them. And they basically... The way the field is set up, they basically move back probably about 100 feet to a different hill where you can still see the game and you're kind of in earshot, but it's beyond like the batting cages and things like that. It's not, they're not as much of a distraction. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, if I really want to, I could split hairs and say, no, 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 you can't be anywhere near this field. I can still hear you. You have to get lost. But they, within, within a half inning or so, they disperse. And I'm like, okay, well, that takes care of it. They're right. gone. I, I, I didn't see them the rest of the day. 
And my water bottle was actually over along that side there. And in between the next half inning, I went over to get a drink. And this other fan, who was a father of some kid, and I think it was a father of a kid on the home team, comes up to me and says, thanks for doing that. There's no place in this game for that. And, you know, we just start chatting a little bit and whatnot. And I guess the fact of the matter was that not only did I have to remove these kids, but parents now are starting to come around a little bit. And I was going to ask, were yeah. any of the parents with them? Not with those kids. Okay. No. But the parents who had kids on the field, at least, were kind of like, you know, if one of them's coming up to me and saying thank you for that, you kind of have to start to think that maybe there are a couple of parents who feel the same way but just don't have the courage to come talk to me or have the courage to speak up about this stuff. So right. it begins to speak to the, the, the intent and the spirit inside everybody that more and more people are beginning to realize that this is not okay. Yeah. But people don't necessarily know how to handle it. And, it's, and, and they don't have the ability to take a stand because you're, you're one person against the group mentality. You know, so I'm glad we were able to remove them and we were able to stop that. Um, But I also am beginning to understand more and I think more people are beginning to understand that not only is this not okay, but there's there's a there's like an internal battle that's going on with people where they don't know how to go against the 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 group, the, the the herd to say what you're doing is not okay. You know, so I'm just I'm I'm becoming more sensitive to that, you know, and I hope that more people begin to have the courage to to do something. Well, I'm glad the A.D. was on your side. Yeah, Um, I know that, you know, maybe. Well, I think less so with A.D.s and more so with coaches. Coaches tend to be. You know, either one way or the other. Right. Like with they, they either you know starch you know s- starkly defend their fans and players to the point where anything you say, they're going to act like no, this isn't a problem. Right. Um, but the AD sounded like he got it. Yeah. And was willing to work with you. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Yeah. Um, did they did did the coach of that team say anything? No. No, okay. the coach the coach of the home team did not say anything. Um, he may could have maybe he didn't notice he, either that or you know I mean they could have been people who were embarrassed but didn't want to speak up didn't know how to go against you know they, yeah. they maybe they were in that that conflict of saying well, we appreciate our fans coming out but not to do that now is this you know? is this something you had to report no because okay. because when it's dealing with spectators you you don't have to fill anything out. You just, you know, you just have to talk to the AD and have them take care of it. So why is it a cardinal rule then not to get involved with spectators? If you feel that there's cause for distraction, I think that, and first of all, this cardinal rule is only at the scholastic level. I believe it's more of a legal thing. I believe that it's more of there are channel. There are better channels to address these problems than uh, than having you do it directly in order to protect yourself from 
any sort of legal ramification or anything like that. Um, it's kind of akin to how if a major league umpire notices a problem with a fan, he's not going to eject the fan directly. He's going to get a security guard and say that fan needs to be ejected, at which point then the security guard will take care of it. Um, hmm. You know, there's, there's, there's a chain of authority there that right. sets a certain precedent. You know, if a, you know, you're, you're not going to stop, a, you're not going to terminate a game because a fan won't leave yeah. uh, at, at that level. Um, but if a security guard, if a police officer gets involved where they have the power to arrest you and detain you, now all of a sudden, <laughs> right. you know, the authority becomes different. You know, yeah. so, so I believe it's probably akin to something like that. Because um, I remember you telling me that story about the fan who, who said, uh, I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna go home and watch golf instead of this, yeah. And, and, yeah. and I said, I don't even think golf's on. Yeah. That's because uh, that was a rec game. That was a recreational okay. game, so that's why I had more authority there to to mm-hmm. remove a fan. Um, scholastically speaking, you don't really. I mean, you just again, it's there's a legal thing. There's a there's a chain of command thing. Um, there's that kind of stuff. It becomes a little bit more murky, mm-hmm. you know. So. Um, but I just I I felt like you know if there if there was ever a reason to break that rule, that would have been the reason. You know, you got a group of students acting a certain way. If it was a group of adults, a group of parents acting that way, I would probably not would have approached them at all. I would have gone right to the AD. Okay. You know, but being that they were students, it was it was kind of like saying to a to a participant, listen, I want to keep you in this game. I don't want to have to eject you or disqualify you. You got to work with me here, okay? Yeah, got to understand where I'm mm-hmm. coming from. Um, so that's where that's why I decided to do that. But uh, it's just it was just an interesting story hmm. to uh, to kind of reflect on, on on some of that stuff. That is interesting, you know. Um, and kids are kids, you know. That's yeah. the other thing too that we that we. Well, that's why you sort of moved them back and, yeah. you know, it, it lost its momentum right. on its own accord. Exactly. You know, when you're dealing when you're dealing with, and I know this from experience because I at one point was a teenage male and I sometimes still think that way, um, you know, it's, I can't speak for you, but. No, I am. You, okay. <laughs> I might not look it. But, yeah. But we, we both were Mental, there, right? Mentally, I'm still there. Yeah, we're at, still 12, right? Yep. So, uh, but you know, the I, good old day. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can, I can recall being, you know, in my teenage years and kind of feeling that, that certain level of invincibility, you know, maybe, maybe not to this, the, the, the sense of I can do whatever I want. I'm entitled to whatever, you know, I'm not really getting into the argument of, oh, these, these private school preppy kids are so entitled and can and have everything and feel they can do whatever. It's not about that. It's more about just a teenage male feeling that yeah. I can grab the world by, you know, and by, in the palm of my hand, I have control, you know, and that, that line of thought that goes through, you know, a, a, a teenager's mind as they go through adolescence into adulthood, because that doesn't really begin to change significantly into their 20s. And really, when the, the frontal lobe develops around the age of 30, when a you know, male's brain finally is like, maybe I, maybe I actually need to tone it down a little bit, you know, and think a little bit more about this. Stuff, yeah. You know? Well, you know, it's funny. Most people think, most kids think they're invis- invincible. 
I was quite the opposite. I was you very you were invisible. I was <laughs> I was very vulnerable. Uh, no, I I uh, I I was a rule follower. Yeah, me too. I didn't I didn't break rules. I didn't you know I was very um, the only the only time I I was the typical teenager was on Cabbage Night. You like you like cabbage? Oh, uh, okay. So you're from you're not from North Jersey. So Is that mischief mischief, mischief night? Yeah, yeah. So cabbage night. Yeah. yeah, that's the only time I was like a normal teenager. Yeah. yeah every other three hundred sixty four days. That's right. Six unless it was a leap year. Then it was three sixty five. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was you know quite the sheltered, rule following, non partying. Right. Vulnerable teenager. To be honest with you, until I was seventeen, I was the exact same way, and and even when after I was seventeen and into my college years, uh, I still was the same way. Like I wasn't a partier, I wasn't anything like that. But there yeah. was there was an element of me socially where you stopped. I stopped caring to a degree about what people would might think about certain actions like I, I never thought that I was going to put myself into harm's way with with the with the law mm-hmm. I never thought that um, you know I was going to to break a law set by any authority it was more along the lines of I felt like there was a certain level of humor levity sarcasm where we, we just didn't have to take life as seriously you know it was more about the ability to just you know, tell jokes and be humorous and things like that. Yeah. Um, that began to change in me. Um, you know, I never, I never put, you know, I can remember being at a couple of, of uh, small, you know, parties into, in, you know, into my early adulthood where I was not 21 yet. And I was just like, I'm not, I'm not partaking in this, you know? And then there are all these kids around me who are, you know, 17, 18 years old who were drinking. And I'm just like, this isn't me. You know, and I felt vulnerable. I felt out of place. I felt, you know, so so that I can definitely sense that type, you know, that that or I can relate to what you were just describing. But, um, you know, the the adolescent years are odd ones. You know, so try try figuring them out. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> we're all counting on you. Exactly. <clears throat> so uh, so that's that story. And, and interesting. Yeah, it was a good story. So. Yeah. Um, but uh, so moving on mm-hmm. after after we, we we do that. So here's what we're looking at today. I sent you this this story last night, and um, this I is, did read it. This is a, which is unbelievable. I, I know. Believe. I don't read, so yeah. <laughs> just to let you all know, yeah. I I don't either. But still, this is this is amazing. Um, I this was a topic that came up, and I was talking to a couple people about it. And I'm like searching for topics for us to talk about and try and figure things out and whatnot. And I was just like, I'm just going to try this one because I didn't know if this was going to last or what. But we'll see what happens. This was so unusual to me that I thought it was at least worth having a small discussion about it. And if that means the episode is quick, great. Everyone can get back to their normal lives. On the second day of the Major League Baseball season, Okay, so the season opens up on March 28th, which is a Thursday. Uh, that early? It's earlier than normal. Yeah, I was going to say. I thought it usually begins in April. Well, right? last year there was a change in the CBA, the collective bargaining agreement, because 
teams and players wanted to have more off days. They wanted to protect their players a bit more. So the compromise was, we're going to start a little earlier. We're going to start on that Thursday prior to when we would normally start. Uh, so that the you know there are more off days, but the season still ends at a spot where we're not you know even if if we go to Game Seven of the World Series, we're not going into November. Um, that was a that was a concession they were willing to to have, and everyone was fine with it. And now that actually allows for all fifteen teams to play on Opening Day, which they had never really done before since like I can't remember the exact year, but it was it was sometime earlier in the twentieth century. Huh. So now, as of last year, this was you know they now have everyone open on opening day. Obviously, with the exception of when the the Mariners and the A's went to Japan for the opening series, but everyone played that day. It was it's it's kind of cool, I think, to to do that, and uh, I, I I liked it. But regardless, so they open on that Thursday. Out on the West Coast, the Diamondbacks are opening in Los Angeles against the Dodgers. So. Game two was on that Friday, and the Dodgers ended up blowing out the Diamondbacks. I think the final score was like 18 to 6, okay? Um, You know, something that happens in some of these games is when it gets to be ridiculous, uh, managers will put position players in. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love seeing that. It's it's kind of, it's a, a little bit of a novelty. Yeah. So the the Diamondbacks did that. They're down by twelve runs in the late innings. They're like, we've already used two pitchers. This game is out of hand. We'll regroup and get them tomorrow. It's one of one hundred and sixty-two. So the ex-Yankee and the backup catcher for the Diamondbacks, John Ryan Murphy, comes in to pitch. And I want to say he went like two innings. I think I think he pitched the seventh and the eighth. Um. But that's not really out of the ordinary. Maybe it's out of the ordinary in that it happened real early in the season. You wouldn't think that this would happen that early. But whatever, it happens. So, okay, not a big deal. So the the Dodgers did something that caught my eye, and my initial reaction was one where I was like, I don't know if this is right. The Dodgers are up by 12. The game is out of hand. The Diamondbacks, for all intents and purposes, are conceding. Okay, but the, you got to get all 27 outs. In the top of the ninth inning, with a 12-run lead, we can, got, say, can can a team forfeit? I mean, I guess they could by the by the letter of the law, but remember that in baseball, anything can happen. Okay. So, there, you know, and you can't tell. You can't tell a you know a, a, an offensive t- you know team to say like you got to give up your at bats. Mm. Guys want to hit. They have averages to get and whatnot. You know, mm-hmm. they, and and they that's how they their their statistics are what help boost their. Career. I was gonna I was gonna say how are the statistics affected? Right. I don't see. I think that that's what happens is that the statistics can become affected as a result of that, and so. Um, we need to get our guy Gill. Yeah, I guess so. By <laughs> he the way. could probably he could probably yeah. shed some light on this. But remember that <laughs> statistics are what help players boost their cases for contracts and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. they don't want to give that stuff up. And right. further, they also don't want um, teams to to forfeit and you know have have fans go home like I can't believe I saw that. What did I pay for that kind? Yeah, of thing, you know? yeah, it is a business. Yeah, so. So they're not going to forfeit. Right. 
Top of the ninth, Dodgers are up by 12. Diamondbacks have put up the white flag. The Dodgers send catcher and also former Yankee Russell Ooh. Martin out to pitch the ninth. Now, if the Dodgers were losing by 12, this would make sense. But the Dodgers are winning by 12. So basically what they're saying is we have so much confidence in our ability to win this game right now, we're not going to burn another arm out of the bullpen. We think you've got no shot of coming back. We're going to send our own position player out there to pitch. Hmm. You know, it's... There, there's a, there's a, there's a part of me that's like this. This might be insulting. If you're up by twelve, at the very least, send in you, you know, a, a pitcher from your bullpen who's kind of reserved for mop up duty to get an inning of work in. Mm. You know, we all, you know, there's a pecking order in your bullpen. You know, so, so there might be that guy who just made the team who you don't really have confidence in, who you know he can get out there and, and throw an inning. Okay. I mean, <clears throat> I can see what you're saying. Um, but if you look at it this way, you could think of it as an homage. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're, you know, maybe the Dodgers got the idea from the Diamondbacks. Right. They're like, okay, you know, maybe why should we continue to use a, a regular pitcher and add, like, kick the horse while it's down? Right. And maybe let's level the playing field. Let's let's add one of ours as well. Okay, you know to make it more fair, or to maybe 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 it's an inadvertent sign of respect in a way. Okay, like you know, it's sort of like um, you know, it, it's sort of like if you if you had let's say an adult and a child racing each other. Right, right, and a child. The child was like six years old and couldn't run that fast. And you had an adult racing. It's sort of like okay for the adult to start another one hundred yards back, right, as a handicap almost right. to to make things even, or like how there's handicaps in golf, right? You know, so I I, I think it was more. I don't think what was done was intentional. Right, was intentionally made to feel one team. Because there's no rivalry between them, right? I mean, they're they're in the same division. Yeah, so, but I but, mean, it, but it's not like Red Sox Yankees. It's not like Dodgers Giants. Uh, let's right. put it that. Okay. Way. Okay. So I think it's more like a. I think it's either the Dodgers were like, okay, I see, I like what they're doing. Right. Like maybe let's let's you know we we know what the result of this game is going to be. Right. Let's put one of our position position players in just to kind of level things out. And maybe make it a little bit more casual, right? You know, just let the players kind of unwind a little bit. I know that sounds a little weird, but I mean, it's. I mean, you still want to play hard no matter what. Right. Guys are not going to give away at bats. Right. No. Yeah. Of course not. And and they shouldn't be expected to. Right. But but the but what what I'm getting out of this is, and I didn't see the game, so I don't know 100. percent I didn't see facial expressions or reactions or like eye rolls or anything. So I don't I don't know if you saw the game. I saw some of the highlights. I was listening on the radio. Actually, um, I don't think that a there was anything said after the game because the Diamondbacks, I feel like publicly, were not going to get insulted by this because they're the ones like we lost by 12 runs. We don't really have a a leg to stand on and to say, how dare they do this? Yeah. It's almost like, it's like, it's almost like you'd almost 
rather lose by that much right. than it be so close and have one thing ruin the game. Exactly. You know, exactly. You, you, you just didn't have a good day. They might, they internally, they might be like, that's a, that was a jerk move by them. You know, how, you know, we're kicking us while we're yeah. down and by doing, you know, something like that, but they're not going to say anything like that publicly. They're not, right. they, they're just not going, especially for game two of the season. Yeah. And yeah. Know? And I think, I, I, I think that I don't think anything, I don't think the the Dodgers had any malice or right. any ill intent towards the Diamondbacks with that move. I think they just saw what they were doing and said, "You know what? You know, let's let's do that too." I mean, we we mean no offense by it. Right. We just want to level the playing field um, and just you know just finish the game there out. Was a, there was a, you're, so you're saying there was probably that that understood. Mutual respect to the point where they're just like, we all know what's happening. Let's just right. get out of here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's like, it, it would be like, okay, it's like, it would be, it would almost be worse if the Dodgers sent in like a hard throwing closer. Right. You know, like, well, that's really insulting because. You know, you're 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 like you already you're already up by twelve. You don't need to send in your in Kenley Jansen, your flame throwing right. You know, close. You know, it's not a save situation. And so I think I think if they had used, maybe they thought that if they had used a you know someone who was designated as a pitcher mm-hmm. to to play the game, it would almost seem like you're kicking the horse while it's down. Right. You know, so I I don't I don't think it was necessarily a a, a a, a a an intentional um, bad move, right? Um, but I could see why you could construe it as something that, like, almost like that they're mocking them in right. a way. Yeah, I can I can kind of see that, and I can see. see now I'm going to take your argument and flip it to the other side and say, I would say you can make the argument that you're they're kicking them while they're down. Had they put in a flamethrower. Okay, yeah. so I guess the, I guess to me the easier compromise would have been your low level reliever. You know, mm-hmm. just to get, you know the guy who just barely made the team. Right. That's probably something that's a little less controversial at that point. As a yeah, result, or get a rookie in there or exactly. something to clean just to just to get some. Every team throws has in. them. Every team has yeah. has a, has an arm in the bullpen right. who is a long man. Who is a who is a young kid who's there for mop up duty? Who the manager doesn't fully trust in the same way that they trust their late inning relievers? You know, um, however you want to classify it, there's a guy or multiple guys who can fill that void, and so that's why I would, you know, as someone who's within the community and and analyzes the game as intrinsically as I do, that's where my mind was going. So then, why, you know, and then so then you got to ask, well, why did? I mean, I know normally. Position players pitching don't, doesn't happen until like later in the season, usually right. if the pitchers are tired. But why did the Diamondbacks originally choose a position player I th- that early? You know, that's why another, didn't they do a? Rookie? That's another great point you know, because this is game two. You guys yeah. are not tired, right? You know, get them some work. Yeah, I mean, they, I mean, you can even if it's just for a couple batters. Yeah. you know, no, that's a great point too. That's not not that's one that I didn't think about. That's a fantastic point. Is yeah. that this is game two? Why do you have a position player pitching? Right. The de- yeah, the deficit is twelve. The deficit I don't think was twelve when John Ryan Murphy took the the mound. I think because mm-hmm. the position player was pitching that it got to the point where the final score was de- deficit. Of 12. Oh, okay, you know, so that's a what no- was it before he? I have to go back and look, but it was it was large enough where you you could say like okay, I understand why they did this. But 
that's another fantastic point is that nobody's tired on game two of the regular season. Right. You don't have to protect arms. You know, I can understand if you start doing it in the middle of May for crying out loud. This is March 29th. Yeah. So that's another great point that I didn't mm-hmm. think of. So you you raised a very very interesting point. There. Yeah. So I mean maybe maybe they thought you see maybe if the Diamondbacks had put in a rookie or or a cleanup guy or something just to or or you know a rescue yeah, a mop up <laughs> duty guy. yeah yeah you know maybe then the, the Dodgers, Dodgers would have done yeah. the same thing. That's a great point. I so didn't think of that. That's kind of why I'm seeing this as sort of an homage. Yeah. Like okay they're doing this so let's do it too. I yeah. mean I don't think. I don't think necks were broken over this no, or, or no. heads were rolling. I think it was just, you know, I think it was just an inadvertent, you know, maybe some you know, some people just misconstrued it or some people thought a certain way. And it, that's fine yeah. um, because you're not in the minds of the coaches and the players. Right. But I think having read about it and me reading, right? Yeah. I know it's weird. <laughs> but having read about it, I feel that. It was sort of it was just to make things even, just yeah. to make things more level. I don't think it was there was no I don't think there was any malice behind right. it. Right. It's not like in, in believe me, in the world of baseball, if there was malice, if there was a problem, somebody would have gotten plunked the next day. Yeah. You know, and which we don't which we do not Endorse, no. But I'm just calling it like I see it, in that that's right. something that would have happened. And I don't think any of the reporters asked about. No, it, right? I'm, it was just me who who picked up on. Yeah, it, you know. So, so that's why. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that just shows you how ridiculous I am. Right. You know. But um, that's it. But you, you raise a good point there, and I think the other thing to take from this is that this is a situation where you and I can have two completely separate viewpoints on this Mm -hmm. and we educate ourselves and educate each other on our viewpoints as a result of that Mm -hmm. and even if our views don't necessarily change in whatever the situation may be Mm -hmm. we have gotten to the point where we can say i i understand what you're saying yeah and and i think that your point is valid regardless of whether or not i agree with it yeah and you you also you know also too you have to think of the fans right right because the fans are watching their team get shellacked or their team mop the floor with, right. with, with the other team. And, you know, it, this was at Dodgers? Yeah, at the Dodgers. Okay, so yeah, there were so there probably weren't that many you Diamondbacks, know, fans, Diamondbacks yeah. fans. But you almost kind of want to, you know, as a fan, at least for me, when I'm watching a game where, they're, where, it's, where it's completely one-sided, I almost enjoy kind of watching position players pitch and, and people not it, – it's entertaining. I was just going to say, there's, you know? there's, that, there's all that overarching theme, and I'm hearing it more and more this season, uh, in that they understand that they are part of the entertainment business. Yeah. And as a result, that always stays in the back of your mind. There's and and there these guys are having fun. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I know that I remember when Nick Swisher pitched. Yep. He was having fun back in two thousand nine against know. the Rays, right? Yeah. And you might remember from the post game in that you know, so Swisher was having fun during that. Jorge Posada was interviewed, mm-hmm. and he was dead serious. Nobody was having fun that day. You know, today we 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 got shellacked. Where you know, we, yeah, you know, so so you've got we talked this, about that, yeah. Uh, but, but you know, I think I I just think that you know at that point. There's no coming back from that. In the, I mean, there is maybe anything can happen, but 
you just gotta have fun. I mean, I, I know the game is. I mean, the game is far gone, but you know, Nick Swisher was so happy. Yeah, and he got his own. He got his first recorded strike. Exactly, saved the ball. And yeah, like, and 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 his his takeaway from it was, yeah, it was cool. I enjoyed it. Uh, I'm not happy that we lost. I'm not happy that I was put into that situation. But tomorrow's a new day. We'll come out. We'll get them tomorrow. We made the best of what we could. Right. And it is what it is. Yeah. You know. And then the the other side of it is a team leader saying that wasn't fun. Nobody likes that. But you know. And, right. And again, neither one of those viewpoints is necessarily wrong. Mm-hmm. You know. But they're just two different people coming at it from two different ways. Right. You know, and of course, the way that the media is going to look at it, the way the fans are going to look at it, also very completely separate yeah. and different. I mean, for the in that particular case, when you have the Yankees involved, you know, you have this aura of seriousness where uh, you know it's championship or bust. You have to take mm-hmm. every game seriously. I mean, that's that's another thing where that was probably factored into it in that scenario. You know, so there's a lot of that that's that's very gray. That yeah. that can't be discerned. Yeah. I mean, if you look at what's going on in baseball this season, the you know the the commissioner has been one to really promote the idea of. I believe the campaign is let the kids play. So there's this commercial of all these superstars at a press conference, and they're all kind of like joking around, and they just and Mike Trout says just let the kids play, and you know so you got you know you got Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton going back and forth about how many home runs they're going to hit, mm-hmm. and you know like that kind of a thing is is very much uh, something that the commissioner wants to you know to them to do is to, to kind of have that flair and that style. Mm-hmm. Then the flip side is, you know, we had a brawl already in the season between the Reds and the Pirates where Derek Dietrich uh, hits a home run off of Chris Archer and poses at the plate for like five seconds before he runs around the bases. So the next time he comes up, Archer throws behind him. That issues warnings from the umpires. The, the bench is clear. The next thing you know, you know, Yasiel Puig is fighting with everybody. And, you know, so there's five total ejections in that brawl. And, you know, and, and the debate starts. See, and then that's not fun. Right. Because that's not what the game is about. See, and but that's where the debate starts in this is that, you know, on if you follow the letter of the law of that Let the Kids Play campaign, Dietrich was just having fun, just styling a little bit. Okay, mm. but by the unwritten rules of baseball from the old code, you don't do that. And so Archer took it all upon himself to to say to him, "Don't do that to me by throwing behind him." And then the, everything just erupted. You know, so I'm not saying I have an answer to this. Mm. I know what my personal feelings are, and I know that I prefer the old the old school of professionalism. I would I would tell Dietrich don't do that, and I would tell Archer don't do that. I would tell both of them just knock it off and play the game the right way. Both of you, right. you can you can, but you could still have fun. You can still have fun, you know. You can still have fun without keep showing head, people keep up. Your head down and just exactly, you know, I, you know, it's it's you know that's a great example because as a fan, I it almost I mean seeing something like that as a fan would almost make me. Even if they, if you know, if it was my team playing, I'd still cringe a little bit. Yeah. Like I'm like, yeah, that isn't right. You know, I, you know, <laughs> I, you know who I, I, and 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 and, you know, what one of the players that didn't didn't I guess 
a grandstand as well. I guess he did grandstand a little bit um, for the Red Sox. Manny Ramirez. Yeah, he was kind of like that sort of posing. He watched. Yeah, his and I'm like, oh, okay, we've had enough of this. Yeah, and then the proof was in the pudding as he gets suspended for steroids. Mm. You know, you know, it just. I mean, people like that. I mean, it just it it doesn't. You know, you, you're over seasoning the game. You know, it's like it's like okay, being proud of what you did. It's kind of like you know you you have this meal right, right. You have these eggs and you're adding salt and pepper to them to make them more flavorful. But if you're posing on the plate, that's like unscrewing the top of the salt and just pouring the, the whole, whole thing, thing on, and yeah. you don't taste the eggs anymore. No. Right, and you know that's what I feel like. This is this is and. I think what the commissioner is saying, judging from you know, hearing what you were saying about the commissioner, is let the kids be kids, but there does have to be a degree of professionalism. They're still adults. They're still adults. Okay. Yeah. That's You know, that's kind of like, all right, so the old school mentality is act like you've been there before. Okay? Mm-hmm. So we go back to the dynasty of the New York Yankees. You might see a Derek Jeter or Mariana Rivera. You know, when Rivera strikes out the side for to, to collect a save and end the game, he's giving you a small fist pump, and then he's walking and handshaking the catcher and the rest of his team. Derek Jeter, if he gets a hit, he, you know, he's he's clapping his hands once, and then it's all right back into the game. Okay, now perhaps that old school mentality is too serious for some for for today's uh, mm-hmm. crowds. I look at someone, and I'm not putting this person on a pedestal. Um, because I know that he has his flaws, as everybody does. But I even look at someone like an Aaron Judge who, okay, he hits a ball that's probably going out, okay? As soon as he hits it, he drops the bat and he's running hard until he knows it's out. Once it's a home run, then maybe he's given a clap and a yeah, you know, something like that, and he slows into his trot. But he's not posing, Okay. He's assuming that the ball is in play until an umpire signals home run, at which point then he can have a small celebration around the around the bases. To me, that's acceptable. Because what you've done is you said, I'm not assuming that I hit this out. I'm not going to be embarrassed by it. And then I can be happy that I just scored for my team in doing so. And I'm not showing anybody else up. I can I'm, I can be excited. I can be I can you know all of those things without being a jerk and rubbing it into the face of the pitcher who just gave it up. Do you remember the old timers day where Tino Martinez hit the home yes. run and David Cohn pitched it to him right yep. in his wheelhouse? Yep. And Tino, even then, Tino kept his head down and ran, and, yep. and he was like, "Thanks." Yeah, and then he knew, and D- David David was like. Yeah, David Cohn does that. His yeah, like, like his, he, his, his his mo is he's like shaking and nodding. Exactly. And yeah, you know, his you're MO, welcome. Yeah, his his <laughs> mo is to make sure that somebody hits one off him each right. time. So so, you know, I feel like that is what, and, and I know it's like a competition, and I know that you know not not old timers day. That's right. more of an exhibition, but you know that you want the mentality. To be of like that. Right. But in practice, it should be a little bit more professional. Right. So it's, it's, 
it's great to see something like that and to see those guys having fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish that's what it was like every day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it because you're getting paid so much money. If I was paid $10 million a year to play a game, to pay, to play a game like that, I wouldn't be sticking it to the other team. Right. I would be I would be genuinely enjoying what I'm doing and giving it my all and just working towards improving myself personally mm-hmm. through that. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I just feel like there's so many different ways you can play the game. There's so many different ways you can look at it and, and analyze it, but you know, the the first the first and most important thing is to have fun. You to me, I, I agree. I, you know, I, I agree with that. I, I just, you know, I think it's back, a game. <laughs> I think back to 2008, which I know was an eternity ago for most people, and the discussion was on Jabba Chamberlain and how when he would strike out a batter to end an inning, he would be a little bit more demonstrative. He'd be screaming, he'd be pumping his fist for a split second after that, but then he would calm down and he would walk off the field. He wasn't Mm -hmm. trying to really show anybody up. And the reason that that was so different was because Rivera was still there and he was the exact opposite. He was the the elder statesman who was really the the model of, you know, you talk about putting someone on a pedestal. If anyone deserves to be on the pedestal, it's Mariano Rivera. Mm -hmm. You know, just the man is flawless from that standpoint. Yeah. Um, But... That stark contrast between the two made that discussion happen, and I remember thinking to myself, I wish Jabba was more like like Rivera as a, as a result of that. When you fast forward to now, you can begin to see, like, in a high-leverage situation, bases loaded two outs, you know, go-ahead runs at third base, and you strike out the batter to, to end the inning and strand that runner and keep your team in the lead. You can you can show emotion there. You can be like yeah, you know, and whatnot for you know a second, and then you walk off the field mm-hmm. without you know dancing off or being you know demonstrative in any sort of way. And I think that we've gotten to a point where we understand human emotion, and we say, okay, that's that's acceptable. We have not done anything. We haven't crossed the line at that point. You know, we're not, there's no dancing involved. You know, now granted, there, you know, you, that still might, might not be some people's cup of tea. But I think if you pull back and you observe it from the outside, you say, nothing here has become so egregious that this is an issue. You know? See, see yeah. And the, one of the things that that sort of reminds me of is I forget when this was. This was years ago. Um, where um, was it Alex Rodriguez? Uh, he, in between innings, it was, I think he was a visiting player. He ran across the pitcher's mound. Yeah, with Dallas Braden on the mound. And, he's, and Dallas was like, get off my mound. Exactly. Because he was losing. He was the losing pitcher, I, I think, right? Right. And then later he, he pitched a perfect game and everything was like... For, you know, yeah. like, like all of a sudden he was elevated but, to king, and they had T-shirts get off my mound, and blah, yeah, blah, 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 like blah. so. I'm like feel. I feel like I don't think Mariano would have said anything, right? I mean, because I mean, it's just is it. I mean, I guess that has to do with the mentality and your territorialism, and just I mean, is it an unspoken rule that you shouldn't 
I mean, the mound is part of the field. Right. <laughs> I mean, like, you, I, I mean, I, I, not that, you know, Alex Rodriguez is the textbook example of good sportsmanship, no. you know, good sportsman, but, you know, the, the, you know, if, if it was someone else, I mean, okay, it's the, the quickest point, the quickest way from point A to point B is a straight line. Right. And if the mound is there, Sorry. Sorry? Yeah. I mean, what? this is not your mound. Right. This is, you know, this is your ballpark's mound. Right, exactly. <laughs> is, yeah, like, you don't own this mound. Exactly. If I dig here, am I going to find a deed? I mean, right. <laughs> a title. Is there going to, is there a, you know, is this like Monopoly? Are you building houses and hotels on this pitching rubber? <laughs> Did I do I do I literally have to? Can pay, I not pass go? Exactly. Can I not collect two hundred dollars? Do I pay rent Is by there landing free parking? here? Exactly. <laughs> and you must be the monopoly man. Hey, thanks for the free parking. Yeah, like stuff like that. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I I, just, I, I know it, what you're saying. I know it, what you're saying. It, it's just like, why are you taking it so seriously? Yeah. It's you know, I don't know. But uh, well, I think uh, I think we covered a few good things here today. And, I think and I, so. And I think the other thing too is that we've also determined that there is this gray area, and you and I mm. can even not see eye to eye on things, but have this spirited debate that is positive. And I didn't even think of this as a debate. Exactly. This, it's a this, discussion. This discussion yeah. has two different viewpoints, and we were able to get to the end of this without coming to blows. Yeah. What are the odds? Right. You know, and that's that in itself can, needs to be a model for how things are done in this society. Yeah. So I hope that people take this not only for the specific nature of what we talked about, but as a model for how society has to work. Yeah. Is that we can have, you know, two different viewpoints and still not say, well, you're an idiot if you don't see it my way. Right. You know, because you might learn something. You don't have to necessarily change your opinion. No. Okay. But but you can but you can talk about this stuff. Yeah. So this is fun. Yeah, this is a good one. Quick, easy, to the point. Yeah. And nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So uh, let's see here. When we speak again, we'll be uh, we'll be in May, mm-hmm. and that's how calendars work. They're just diagrams of dates. That's right. So um, I'm going to go watch some Home Alone too while you play your string bass that has children in it. And, yep. Uh, there's a dishwasher over there. Okay. All right. That's in the key of C. In the key of C. Yep. Well, I think that uh, wraps it up. So, uh, Sean, thank you. Yep, thank you. And uh, until next time, everybody, please uh, treat each other with respect. How You Play the Game is a production of the OSIP Foundation, Incorporated. The producer-engineer of this episode is Sean Ryan. Music by SoundSpring Studio. The executive producer of How You Play the Game is Jack Furlong. For more information, visit osafoundation.org. If you're interested in advertising on how you play the game, please email us at podcast at osipfoundation.org.